Mental health can be an uncomfortable topic to discuss, but we as a nation need to start having conversations about these challenges, especially for young people. Welcome to Through the Tunnel, a Game Change Productions podcast that dives into sports and the life lessons that can be learned from them. The podcast is inspired by the book of the same name, written by Game Change co-founders Paul McDonald and yours truly, Jack Barrage. On the show today, Paul and I are joined by Bowling Green Athletics life coach, Dr. Michael Brown. We discuss with Dr. Brown the national mental health crisis and how student athletes have been especially hit hard by the crisis. Dr. Brown provides some of the advice he gives to his student athletes on how to manage anxiety. We hope you enjoy the show and please check us out at GameChangeNation.com or on one of our social media pages. Michael, you're the life coach for student athletes at Bowling Green State University. Have you noticed with young people and the athletes you work with an uptick in mental health issues in the last year, especially after COVID? Well, for sure. Um, obviously, journeying with these students through COVID, um, it has been, I would say, an exasperation of what has already existed for many, many years. You know, we talk about mental health. I prefer just to talk about health that within health there are mental challenges, physiological challenges, emotional challenges. Oftentimes we kind of say there's mental health and that's what creates some of the stigma is the way we talk about it, is that I want to be and I want the students to be healthy human beings. And that means they're healthy recreationally, sexually, emotionally, physically, mentally. And so mental health I think is a part of overall healthiness. That said, COVID has done something that is extraordinary. Extraordinary, not necessarily always in a positive sense, in that it has really disrupted our deep desire for control. Because if we're honest with ourselves, when we're feeling most unsettled and even mentally challenged is because something around us or inside of us, we feel like we're losing control. When obviously the world was in Disarray, yeah. I mean, we always have control issues. Every human being has some level of control issues, but then you throw a global pandemic in the midst of that, um, social unrest, racial inequality, all these things kind of coming together at once. It was very challenging. Um, And I think one of the best ways to tackle mental health challenges is to be fully authentic and transparent and vulnerable within community well, it was hard to be connected to people right. through that time. And so I think for our student athletes in particular, and our young people, they were disconnected from human connection. It's interesting you, you talked about uh, not separating the mental side of it. There's a term used um, spiritually, which is disease, but it's dis-ease. Dis-ease, which pertains to physical, mental, everything about us, right? So if we're not at ease, the opposite of that, then we're not well. So really fascinating about COVID and how that has affected uh, the control issues that we all, we all have. So how do, we move, how do we move through this? How have you been counseling young people through this time? Well, I counsel them through this time the same way that I always would, and that is that I'm always gonna help individuals try to identify the core issue. So if I'm struggling, if I'm feeling anxiety, that's symptomatic, if I'm feeling worry, that's symptomatic. If I'm feeling frustrated or angry, those are symptomatic. So what's happening inside at a deeper level at the core that's actually facilitating that? So I'm actually gonna go to the core and say, what has been the thing that's triggering? 
What has been the control that you want that you no longer have? What's And just go deeper so that I'm not just putting a Band-Aid on the situation. I'm helping them actually deal with the cause. So that's the first thing. For instance, if someone says to me, I am dealing with anxiety. Let's use that as an example. I will take them through a three-step process. The three-step process is I want to identify it, I want to investigate it, and then I want to incriminate it. So the first, I want to be able to say, I'm feeling anxious, and say it out loud and to be able to kind of acknowledge and identify, I, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling or frustrated, angry, fill in the blank. But then I want to investigate it. Why? What is causing that sense of anxiety, that sense of nervousness, that sense of restlessness, the unease, right? The disease. What's causing that? And I want to walk around it, just like if I were walking around our game change mug here. And I want to kind of, I can, I can identify this is a game change mug. But then I walk around it, I study the mug, I look at it, I kind of ask some good questions and, and kind of understand why. And then I want to incriminate it. Not judge it in a bad way, like you shouldn't feel that, but incriminate it, like what am I going to do about it? How am I going to respond to that? What are my positive uh, strategies to actually emerge from that? And that's kind of the process I take our students. Do you through. find that um, that they, when they're investigating, they're able to pinpoint? Because I've noticed with young people, they have a hard time self-reflecting, and maybe when they're asked to investigate, they go, "I don't know. I just feel anxious." Yeah. And again, this isn't just young people, but anybody who looks at themselves in the mirror without the feedback or input of those around them, we tend to be out of touch with reality. We're not very good at self-reflecting and self-awareness. Now, what we need and what I can provide and what even friends and family can provide is to ask some questions and to help them explore. Because anything that's in the darkness, anything that's buried deep within has power. But the minute it comes into the light and I can say it out loud or you can ask me a question and then I can respond, it's like, ooh, now I understand. And again, it's just about asking questions. You know, it's interesting. I, you know, I am a counselor. I am a coach. But I can't always assess myself really clearly. Yeah. So I, it's interesting. You know, I, I, I can sit with anybody who's sharing a, a deeper problem and, and I can look at that and very quickly be able to diagnose and to understand what's going on. But then if I'm feeling frustrated, anxious, or worrisome, I'm like, what's going on? Right. And then I actually have trained myself to reach out to someone right. and say, can we sit together? I need to process this right. through. None of us are exempt from the ability to need community. So for those of us who uh, have a friend or uh, a child or anybody in our lives that are going through this, you said you asked them some questions. What are some of those questions? Like, well, who, well, what should I ask if I well, want It to? depends on what the circumstances, they're so diverse. So part of it is learning to develop a almost a resource guide or a menu of questions that we typically ask. But I would say more than anything, it's the ability to sit with someone, to look closely, to listen carefully, and to love extravagantly. Right. That's kind of my posture. So if I, can, if I can sit with someone and actually just look at them and see them and listen to them, and just love them unconditionally, right. in many ways, it alleviates a lot of what they're experiencing. Right. My, favorite, my favorite coaching sessions with student athletes is when they, they call me and say, hey, can we spend some time together? I'm dealing with this thing. And they come in and they just start talking because they trust me, they have a relationship with me. Right. They just start talking and, and I'm just listening. Right. Sometimes I'm not even saying a lot. Right. And at the end of the time, they take this deep breath and be like, oh, thank you so much for this time together. I feel so much better and I'm thinking, I didn't say anything. Right. 
I may have asked a couple of questions, but I was just, I sat with them in their presence. You know, it's interesting, Jack, the, the, the most important gift we can ever give to a human being is to be fully present right. in their presence. Right. And to be fully present in their presence, not to diminish the need for skill and asking really good questions, but to be fully present is most of the work. Now, back to the questions, you know, when do you feel this way? How does this manifest itself in your life? Are there particular context, where? So you can even do the why, where, when, just some simple questions to just kind of unpack. And when I get stuck even, you know, sometimes someone's sharing with me and they start talking and I'm like, okay, so what's the next question? Here's my little trick, you want a trick? Tell me more about that. They talk a little more. That sounds really hard. Tell me more about that. And you just, and you just, you just let it, unravel. you just let it unravel. And then what yeah. happens is I can kind of look at all the different pieces and say, you know, Susie, you know, LaShawn, this is what I'm thinking. Right. I'm thinking that when these things happen, or I think, and again, it's, it's going to go back to control. There's something, because all frustration in life and all difficulty and restlessness emotionally in life typically comes from unmet expectations. Right. I expected this. Yeah. And now I have this, there's this conflict, and now I'm feeling this. Lots to say here from my perspective. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But you mentioned a word um, earlier, trust. So when you're sitting with somebody and trying to help them through their issues, uh, that's so hugely important. But as a parent and a child, I think when we're raising them, there may be a sense of judgment right, as a parent judging a child. And so maybe it's more challenging for a parent to sit down with a child than a third party or friend or whatever, or an uncle or somebody else, because you have to come from that place, right, that you're not going to be judged for talking about what we're talking about. Is that And within our culture, there is an aversion to transparency. We tend to think that we are gonna be judged and that we shouldn't talk about these things, which is interesting. What I like to say to our young people, is imagine those scenarios and those situations where a friend has come to you and shared something really hard and has been honest and transparent and vulnerable. I said, do you typically think, wow, they're a loser and you're a burden and I wish you had never said that? No, it's the opposite. We tend to think, I have so much respect for that person. You admire their courage. But we tend to think we're always the exception. So if I do that, if I open up, I'm gonna be judged. But I will tell you too, the challenge with parents oftentimes, and even close family members. We love those people around us so much. We move into rescue mode. We move into fixing mode. And so we feel like we need a quick solve as opposed to just being with someone. Yeah, Yeah, I'd like to comment on the transparency thing. There's a great story I I love to tell about an NBA player, Kevin Love, Mm -hmm. who during the game um, was feeling really bad and didn't know what it was. Ran into the locker room, thought he was having a heart attack. That's how bad it was. He was laying on the floor, thought he was gonna die. Turns out he was just having an anxiety attack. And in the process of having that anxiety attack, when he learned about it, the first thing that came to him was this relief that nobody knew he had an anxiety attack. And so it was like, and then he thought about it some more. It's like, why did I care so much that other people were gonna know that I had an anxiety attack? And he, to get to his credit, realized that this is something that he needed to talk about and he had as a model another NBA player, a guy named Demarcus DeRozan from USC, who had done an interview and in talking about his issues with depression. And so I think one of the things that we as a society have to do is not only make it okay 
to talk about the things that we're vulnerable about and the pain we're suffering, especially if it's mental, but to celebrate it, to, to really, to, to put it up almost in a heroic, courageous level because those people who do that make it so much easier for others to do the same. Because for athletes, right, it, it's, it's, it's weakness. Yeah, if I come, come, yeah, you I come forward, soft. soft, weak, and not tough enough, you know, uh, and that's just the opposite of we want people to know about us. That's right. But if we, what if we put up that barrier, then people don't ever really know us. Yeah, and struggle is normal. Um, none of us are perfect. I mean, none of us even now, as we sit here today, none of us are in perfect physical condition, nor are we in perfect emotional well, Jack's, condition. Jack's pretty perfect. <laughs> none of us are in, none of us are in perfect mental condition. Like just to allow ourselves to be a mess. In fact, if I may, I'll just close with this final thought. And that is that uh, as I speak to crowds across the nation, one of my favorite things to say at the very beginning, particularly if I'm going to talk about something delicate like mental health or challenges uh, emotionally and so forth, as I'll say, as the speaker, can we just acknowledge something right now before I even begin? You're a mess and I'm a mess. You have issues and I have issues. If you ever meet someone who's too good to be true, seems too good to be true, it's because they are. And so I think it's important for all of us within culture, whether we're older, younger, particularly as we're working with athletes and younger folks who are kind of emerging into adulthood, to be able to say to them, I see you, I unconditionally love you, and it's okay to not be okay. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Through the Tunnel. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review it. It'll really help others who love sports and the lessons they provide to find the show and together create Game Change Nation, a community that is dedicated to lifting each other up. Also, we'd love to hear your stories, so please visit GameChangeNation.com or any of our social media pages to give us your take on sports and life. And finally, check out our book, Through the Tunnel, which is now available on Amazon. Thanks again for listening and have an awesome day.